Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of Crack the Customer Code. When does surprise and delight really surprise and delight? That's what we're talking about here today. I'm Jeannie Walters, and as always, I'm here with Adam Toporek. Adam, how are you doing? I am doing wonderfully. How are you? I'm great. And I'm so surprised and delighted to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm surprised that you're delighted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait to dig into this a little bit more with you. But first, let's talk about our sponsor. We all know that customer experience is hot, but are you taking advantage of its huge potential to make your services business more prominent and profitable? Join Service Strategies for an informative customer experience workshop in San Diego on October 27th. You'll learn how to create customer success while generating profitable revenue for your services business. The workshop is part of the Service Industry Summit event, which brings together leaders from companies like Cisco, Dell, and others to discuss the challenges of a changing service landscape. Visit servicestrategies.com. That is servicestrategies.com to learn more. And if you're trying to reach business leaders or CX professionals, our podcast reaches the specialized group twice a week. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. So Adam, have you noticed how many leaders in customer experience and customer service discuss surprise and delight as part of their winning strategy? Yes, I'm surprised by how many people (laughs) talk about it. And in fact, I was recently somewhere where the speaker actually said, you know, and then you throw in a little S and D. And I could see people kind of murmuring around me. And then she said, oh, you know, that's surprise and delight. Like, oh, it's just shorthand now because we all know it so well. And it's just part of the package of delivering a great customer experience. But I think that there is some confusion, in my opinion, about what really works. And I love the idea of surprise and delight, but it's actually fairly difficult to execute on over and over because then... It's not a surprise. (laughs) Well, exactly. And, you know, it's very hard to scale operationally, Mm -hmm. even past that. So you always like to say stories don't scale. Right. And it's very hard to scale some of these amazing, especially the ones you see on the Internet that are just like the crazy exemplar stories. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. The stories are wonderful. I love those sort of one-off kind of stories. But what happens is then people are like, this is how you're supposed to treat customers. No, it's not. (laughs) If I did that for everybody, I would be out of business in a week. Right. (laughs) You know, oh, we're going to buy gifts for every every plane full of passengers we carry. No. (laughs) That's a publicity stunt. That's not even a good story. Right. But, you know, so what's interesting is surprise and delight is one of those things that I think is a target of opportunity. Okay. So tell me more about that. It's something you look for when you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. and the time is right. And, you know, I know, look at Disney. They don't do the same surprise for everybody. Right. Right? They do different things for different kids and like, oh, hey, Goofy gave me a whatever, (laughs) you know, whatever Goofy does. I don't know. You got the kids. You talk about that. (laughs) Well, I think it is really (laughs) difficult around scale, number one. And this also ties back to another topic we've discussed, which is employee empowerment, right? Like in order to really surprise people throughout the organization – and delight them at the perfect moment. You have to empower your employees to know when is the best moment for that. There's a recent example that I think is 
pretty fascinating, which is Airbnb. And, you know, we recently uh, opened up the relationship between the United States and Cuba again after 50 plus years. And uh, Cuba is now, you know, offering, they, they've got Airbnb hosts who are offering their places for people to stay. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit what, about what Airbnb is real quickly, because not everyone may know. Oh, well, what? First of all, I'm I am saying. surprised. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm delighted to have you hear your answer. <laughs> so Airbnb is basically um, apartment or home sharing. So you sign up on their site. They handle all the transaction, but you can be a host where you offer a room, an apartment, whatever, for um, a certain amount of time. And... It's basically rental by owner, but Airbnb provides all of the transactional stuff in the middle. And they're huge. They're growing. They're all over the world. People use them uh, in remarkable numbers now. And what they did was they basically announced right after the official opening between U.S. and Cuba happened, they said they were going to pick up the tab for guests staying in its listings in Cuba. So it was very much defined time-wise. They said you have to be booked by this date and you have to be staying um, during this week in July. But they announced the surprise promotion on Twitter. So people had already booked these trips expecting to pay. And then they found out that, nope, you don't have to pay for your lodging, which is pretty cool. Um, And they did it as a celebration of working with Cuba. That I thought was a great little moment of surprise and delight that they were able to share with everybody through Twitter, but only certain people actually got the benefit of it. But it still makes you feel good, I think, if you're staying somewhere and you hear that about the company that has facilitated that. So there are going to be people then who call the company and say, well, I'm staying there next week. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. You know, I mean, you're going to always have to draw lines with anything you do for a set of customers. What's right. interesting is, you know, we mentioned earlier uh, empowering the front lines to handle surprise and delight, but it doesn't always have to be the front lines. This is a corporate sponsor. This is from the head office. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting here is they're really putting up some money. Well, I don't know if, you know, maybe like four people booked to go to Cuba so who, <laughs> in the first week. Who knows? But uh, from a standpoint of cost, you know, a lot of these things, you're doing them at cost when you're giving away something as a company. Right. But they are going to have to pay all of the people who would have gotten their fees, yep. all, the, all the renters uh, right. out, of, out of their corporate pocket. So it's very interesting and it could be costly. I'm, I'm sure they had a calculation as that what it would cost them and all that. Yep. But so, yeah, I mean, that's a great example of, you know, tying surprise and delight to s- certain customers and, you know, tying it to something happening, giving it a, you know, a basis or reason. So Mm -hmm. it is a surprise. It is a delight moment that is not an expected operational item. Right. And And I was just going to say that um, some research is coming out that, you know, everybody's got a loyalty program now and people sign up for them. And a lot of times it's hard not to disappoint customers when they're in the loyalty program because they have high expectations. So, you know, there are credit cards who now advertise like, you don't need as many points with us to actually use the rewards because we all know that feeling of like, I've got 18,000 zillion points and I can buy a, you know, dog collar or something (laughs) like, (laughs) um, but one of the things that is coming out is that these surprise bonuses, this idea that if you're a member of a loyalty program and you get a surprise bonus, 
that actually increases satisfaction and happiness with the program itself just by surprise. And I think part of this is what happens to our brains. We like to be surprised. We actually, when we get unexpected joy, all the pleasure centers go nuts, even if it's not necessarily something that we would like if it weren't a surprise. So it's the element of surprise is really key to making something a little more um, enjoyable or causing a little more happiness for customers. Surprise is really important. Well, see, we are basically all laboratory rats. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we really are. And that's just, it's truly the way our brains function. So if you look at it, I don't know if you know anything about dog training or dolphin training or clicker training. So they look at what's called variable reinforcement. So mm-hmm. if you give, you know, the dolphin jumps, you give a treat. The dolphin jumps, you give a treat. But if you always give the same reinforcement the, the same way for the same effort, it becomes expected. Right. They start trying less and then they don't get it. So there's this whole science to how they do the reinforcement that is, you know, sort of the optimal way to get the brain to respond to that reinforcement. And that's essentially, you know, the underlying principle that is surprise and delight. Now, we're not really trying to change behavior Mm-hmm. So much as create a pleasurable experience, but that function, that brain function that says, I like what's new. I like not knowing, uh, oh, hey, wait, I just, I just showed up with my USAA card and I just got $100. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, what's going to happen the next time I use my USAA card? Right. 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 But now, if you do it twice and then you don't do it, <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's, and that's the catch. And that's where you that's have to be careful. Problem. But yep. if you do it once and then you, know, you do something completely different three months from now, and that's where it gets really interesting. Well, and I think, you know, Zappos was pretty well known for offering overnight shipping for free unexpectedly. That's That was when they were first kind of breaking out onto the the consumer scene. That was one of the things they became known for. And then people started expecting it. And so they had trouble with scale around that. And they also had, um, they had to figure out mechanisms to make sure that they could afford it <laughs> and also still allow for those moments of surprise and delight with their people, which they're so well known for. So I think it's, it's like any of these other things that sound so good and they sound like they are the perfect kind of antidote to bad customer service, but you still have to look at it from a very realistic perspective. How will this affect your operations? What are you really asking your people to do when you're asking them to surprise and delight your customers? And, you know, Sprint did a whole bunch of work with their customer service department. And what they realized was they were offering way too many um, refunds and comps and things like that because there were so many issues. So they really took a look at root cause analysis and decided to look at that and say, okay, what's really the problem here? The problem is not that we made this one mistake. The problem is that our contract is really confusing. So how can we make that better? And that led to fewer refunds and everything else. And that actually empowered their people to offer more positive moments of surprise and delight instead of just trying to resolve all of these issues. So it all goes together. As always in customer experience, you have to look at so many different places and not just assume that a moment of surprise and delight will cause loyalty long term. Well, absolutely. And that's one of the and I think maybe we'll save that for another episode. But that's one of the you know questions around surprise and delight is 
is it truly the most effective strategy? Is, is it an effective strategy? You know, what is the true research? And it's really hard to measure mm-hmm. because it's hard to come up with a metric or a measurement that does surprise and delight, which is variable and so different across organizations to say if it's an effective strategy. So again, the, the measurement side, the research side's very difficult. What I can say is this. I think it's really interesting when you can tie it to an event mm-hmm. or you can tie it to something special to give it a reason for being a one-time thing. Right. Uh, for instance, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, we were at the Hotel Indigo in Asheville many years ago. And uh, when we booked the appointment, uh, it was for my wife's birthday. So it was a birthday weekend. And we just dropped that sort of in passing, said, oh, we we're trying to guilt them into giving us a nice view. But we really didn't make a big deal. We didn't care that much, whatever. So we get there and we're waiting in the lobby. We're waiting in the lobby. And we, we were there early, so we were okay with that. But at some point I walk up like, hey, you know, do you have a room ready for us? And the lady leans over to me and says, we do, but Jenny's not back yet. She's out getting um, a bunch of birthday surprises for your wife to get the room ready. Oh, wow. And I was like blown away. And I got a whole uh, blog on, you know, a piece on the blog with a picture of what they had. They have like a whole happy birthday thing on the bed with like champagne and all this stuff when mm-hmm. we walked in the room. Uh, nice. And it was based on one comment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they use it. And this is why I like this story because it shows how easy it is to do a simple thing that's not expected the next time we go back. Right. Okay, the user CRM system, somebody paid attention on the front lines, put in birthday. Yep. Somebody saw it, took action. They were ready when we got there. They ran a little late, but still they were preparing the room ahead of time. And it was brilliant. It made it for, I mean, what a great way to start off that weekend. And did you take all the credit? Were you like, I did all of this for you? <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I couldn't take all the credit. I said, I, I want to take all the credit, but I know that I'm going to write a blog post about this. Right, right. <laughs> and you're going to see it. So, Well, and it's a great point that it doesn't have to be necessarily about money um, because my husband and I have a similar story where we uh, stayed in... Kauai for part of our honeymoon and the Sheridan in Kauai, which was beautiful and great. And we ended up going back there about a year and a half later because we had friends who got married on the beach there. And we, we drove up in our rental car and the valet a year and a half later opened the door and said, welcome back, Mr. and Mrs. Walters. And I will never forget that because I was just like, whoa. <laughs> now, I'm sure they have some sort of system. I'm sure that there was a mark on a clipboard somewhere or in a CRM system or something. But again, that moment really stuck with me. And we you know, were very loyal because it was such a, a great experience. So I think that really Surprise and Delight is... It's not going to hurt anything unless you really start acting like it's something that, you know, everybody should get because then it takes away that pleasure center that that people expect it. And I also think that if you look at ways to do it that don't necessarily involve a huge investment and that aren't necessarily about uh, refunds or, or, you know, things that do cost a lot operationally, but as long as it's something that you look for those perfect moments, I think it can go a long, long way. Absolutely. I think it's a great, it's a great reinforcer, particularly for long-term customers and new customers. I mean, it, it works in so many different tranches of customers that yeah. it's, it's really powerful. So I agree. I think uh, surprise and delight. Think about it. We'll maybe dig into the research behind it a little bit in a future episode. And, uh, you know, what do you think we'd love to know? 
So give us a shout out at thecustomercode at gmail.com or 470-223-CODE. And as always, thanks for listening to this episode of Crack the Customer Code. And head on over to crackthecustomercode.com for all of our shows and show notes. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Service Strategies, for supporting this podcast. Make sure to check out their informative customer experience workshop in San Diego on October 27th. Go to servicestrategies.com for details. And as always, please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. Also, if you'd like what you hear, please leave us a review. We love your comments. We look over all of that feedback. We hear from you and we love hearing from you. So please share what you love, share who you'd like as a guest, share anything that you want to tell us. And please share this podcast with your friends. Share the love, as we like to say. Share, share, share. It's all about the sharing, Jeannie. It is. I'm surprised to hear you say that, but I'm delighted. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm Adam DePork, and you can find me, connect with me, and learn more about our customer service workshops and training and my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, at customersatstick.com. And I'm Jeannie Walters. Read my blog, sign up for customer experience webinars, And connect with me at 360connects.com, which is 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.